0: Sponsored by award-winning book, Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross. Hey Boo Things, it's your girl Rebecca and Lily, and you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. (laughs) Hey Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things, and we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hello. I don't know why I said that instead of hey like I usually do. That was very show toony, very Hello. jazz. <laughs> I, I actually am just like oh. doing a phantom jazz hand right now. So, before we started recording, Lily and I were talking about our Wendy's orders because she had come in with a frosty. Was it chocolate or vanilla?
1: It was chocolate. And I would like to add that I did ask Rebecca if she wanted anything. Yes. Um, she said no. I did. Just so you know, um, at um, least she
0: asked. I usually. Oh yeah, like ask. when you got chipotle.
1: <laughs> and I was Mike like, walks in with chipotle. He was like, "Did Lily want anything?" And Rebecca's like, oh, "I didn't ask. You only child."
0: Literally, that's the only child. I <laughs> and I, but it was so funny because usually, like, I would ask, but I was so in the zone of wanting that chipotle that no one else was around. <laughs> it was like I was. In I was like in limbo. I, it was just me. <laughs> just you it and was your just me and my future
1: Chipotle? Yes.
0: Together. The Chipotle to be. <laughs> yes. And it was and then all of a sudden it was like I was in a in a whole bed of sunflowers as the Chipotle bag was coming closer to me and I was getting closer to it. And <laughs> then as I make contact with the Chipotle bag, the music breaks and the scene breaks when I hear, Did you ask Lily for anything? <laughs> And then Um, realization hits, and I was like, I am a horrible best friend. (laughs) But I will redeem myself next time I order something. It just hasn't happened yet. It's been over a year.
1: You know guac is extra, so I'm getting more.
0: Oh, yes. Double guac. Double (laughs) guac. Double guac that shit. It'll be fine, because I'll have Mike pay for it. So So, um, anyway, we were talking about Frosties, and I asked her, is she a frosty fry dipper? And she said she's not. Never. Um, Well, one time, it's like, it's like, you know, like one
1: time in college and I never, (laughs) never was interested again. Did it happen for the first time in college? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I was in college for a long time, Time. but yet a short
0: time. It was, it was the longest short time. A long
1: time for someone who didn't get a degree. That's, that's how long I was in college. That's the end result. Three years and I don't think I had a semester's
0: (laughs) worth of credits. Ouch. Ouch. (sighs) Uh, Stay in school, kids. Because Lily didn't. Um, Anyway, so we were talking about it, and I was saying, I I do like my Frosty with some fries dipped in, but not anything too too salty. salty. So then I told Lily, do you know that my mom, Miss Deb-Deb Rubes, when fruits. she goes to Wendy's and gets her order, because by the way, you just don't order a frosty. Like you order something with your frosty, or you you order a whole. It's ass a, frosty meal. A, yes. a frosty with a side of nuggets. Yes, frosty with a side of a bacon. Something, and so when she gets fries with any order she gets, she asks them for non like unsalted fries, and that way, she said. They have to make it fresh because usually in their batch they put the fry they put the salt on top of the fries and then mix it all together and then they just scoop it up. So she goes, I know that if I ask for unsalted fries, they have to make it fresh. So at least I know I'm getting fresh fries because sometimes you'll That's get so fries little... and then they're soggy yeah. or old. <laughs> what is that face? Like, uh are <laughs> like, right, we gonna take a picture? Make that face. That's gonna be the new JGT logo. I'm working on it now.
1: I'm working on it now. Um, I'm so scared.
0: I feel like I make the weirdest like (sighs) faces. Oh fucking fuck you! Fucking full storage. Oh, I'm working on it now. Anyway, um, so while Lily's creating that for you guys, um, I mean it's just a great life hack. It really is. It really is. It's really smart. And
1: uh, kudos to your mom for having actual standards for the food she eats. Because I just kind of take what's thrown at me.
0: I mean, they may be spitting in her fries while they're preparing them fresh, but at least they're unsalted and they're fresh, and then she could just add her own amount of salt to it at the end. So uh, (laughs) there's that. All right? The more you know, guys. Um, (laughs) Okay, when we announce this episode, that's going to be our preview to the episode. (laughs) You look so angry. It's 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 a very sore subject. Cause <laughs> the fries. Okay. Now, we prefer Wendy's fries over Burger King or Absolutely. Wendy's, I feel like we had this talk last time. Yes. Like Wendy's fries are superior and then McDonald's. And yes. So I feel like you you go to Wendy's with the experience of wanting fresh, crisp fries. Mm-hmm. And then you get them. You go to your car, you sit down, and you're so excited, you open it up, and it is just absolute soggy mess shit.
1: I'm not mad at soggy fries, though. I do like a flaccid french fry. Really? I do. I don't like the kind, you know the kinds where there's like a point at the end? Like a medieval torture weapon? Okay. I'm not a fan of those. I like
0: like the long soggy ones. <laughs> <laughs> this goes on our Only Phantoms page. Ah! Only Phantoms! Oh um, god. Well, I prefer, I prefer mm, you average like a Fry. I like a firm fry. Yeah. Okay. I don't like it too so- rock solid. I don't want to break teeth. But yeah, a nice firm, a nice firm exterior with a soft inside. Yes. Yes. the
1: The quintessential Wendy's fry. I feel like I also like it when there's like extra salt on the end of the fry. You know, like when you oh. so when you take your first and last bite, you get that extra little bit of
0: salt. Yes. Yeah. Mwah, chef's kiss. Honestly, we should just work at Wendy's.
1: We do want you to settle this debate though. Tweet us at JGT Podcast if you are or are not a fry frosty dipper.
0: Yes, we would love to know. We need to know. And if you are a frosty consumer, chocolate or vanilla. I'm a chocolate girl. Me too. Some people are like so against chocolate and so for the vanilla. I don't hate vanilla, but I would rather pick chocolate. Yeah, I mean, if I'm craving craving something sweet, I would take vanilla. If they didn't have a chocolate if they didn't option, it, yeah. But like, that's the whole thing is I feel like people that are like Team Vanilla are just so fucking snooty, and like they will literally they think shit. they're better. Yeah, they they just shit on people that like chocolate. Like they look at us as if we're just fucking the scum of the earth. And it's like, no, I just like some flavor in my exactly food. Thank you yeah, very much. Honestly, okay. So this week's episode, we are going to be talking about. Haunted roads in the US of A.
1: Woohoo!
0: Um, we've talked about this, I think, in season one, mm-hmm. uh, so many moons ago. We mentioned uh, our home state of New Jersey's Clinton Road. Woohoo! Um, so we are going to be bringing up two new roads that we haven't talked about on the podcast. I'm ready. Well, you should go first this time because I went first last time. Okay. All right, let me pull up my receipts here. Okay have under Haunted Carnival, because originally we wanted to do Haunted Carnivals, and then I tried to look up stuff, and it was really hard to find. So Good. Um, Maybe for a later date. So, my research is on the Jeremy Swamp Road in Southbury, Connecticut. And there are plenty of eerie stories about roads across Connecticut, and that includes Jeremy Swamp Road. Um, According to an urban legend, drivers in stalled vehicles on this road have vanished before their tow truck arrives, and supposedly they are, they're attacked by these, these things called melon heads. <laughs> these humanoid cryptids are also the folk, uh, focus of folklore in Ohio and Michigan. Interesting. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more history on the melon heads of Connecticut. Love that. So I get my information from NewEnglandHistoricalSociety.com. And it starts by saying, every New England town can claim a ghost, and many have a witch in their past. But the Melonheads belong (laughs) to only a handful of places in southwestern Connecticut.
1: I love that word, Melonhead. You're such a Melonhead. You're such a
0: Melonhead. So um, they live on the outskirts of town in heavily wooded country roads. Mm -hmm. So like I explained, they look like small humanoids with oversized heads, and they rarely come out from hiding. They survive by eating small animals, stray cats, and human flesh, usually the flesh of teenagers. Oh, no! Yeah. And for runaway teenagers or hikers who disappear, the melon heads serve as convenient explanations. (laughs) So let's get into where melon heads derive from. So stories about deformed country people who keep to themselves go back at least a century to Europe. So, for example... A large family of melonheads supposedly once lived in Bavaria, Germany, in the mid-19th century. An inbreed family of melonheads, known as weebleheads, were said to live outside Risbury, England, around 1900. And according to another theory, the term melonhead may stem from "melungeon," which describes mixed-race people in Appalachia. They had an ancestry of European outcasts, freed slaves, and Native Americans, and they kept to themselves. Melonheads stories surfaced in Connecticut after World War II, a time when people moved away from cities and into the suburbs. They probably reflect the New York's exurbanites' prejudice and fear of isolated rural folk. But how did the Melonheads end up in Connecticut? One theory claims they came from a family accused of witchcraft and banished into the wilderness, where they survived and inbred. Through centuries of inbreeding, they mutated into Melonheads. That so this so this kind of reminds me of when we talked earlier about Clinton Road. It reminds me of the Jackson Whites, who supposedly are um, on the property yes. right off of Clinton Road. that's our, yes, that's that New Jersey's yes. Melon Heads. Yes. So, according to another theory, the Melonheads Heads escaped from Fairfield Hills Hospital, a now-abandoned mental in- institution, or Garnell Correctional Institute, which specializes in inmates with mental health problems. Both are in Newton, Connecticut. A variation on that theme has the Melonheads Heads escaping from an unnamed mental, in- mental institution oh in the 1960s. Oh, I love this! The building supposedly burned, and some of the inmates escaped and turned to cannibalism, which caused their heads to swell. What? Uh-huh. Similar Melonhead stories also surface in Ohio and Michigan. An evil Dr. Crow supposedly conducted experiments on orphans in Kirtland, Ohio, once part of Connecticut, actually. I didn't know that. Oh. And the children escaped, burned down the orphanage, and retreated to the woods. Good for them. And, well, except the woods part. I think they deserve some plumbing. But other than that, good yes. for them. And in Michigan, the Melonheads were children with hydrocephalus, um, abused in an insane asylum in Ottawa County, and eventually released into the woods. So that's when your
1: head has a water problem.
0: Yeah. But I don't know anything else about it. I know that's was. But that dead. would make sense why they have like the swelling of the heads. Yeah. So, um, it's something about water and heads. Let me see. So according to legend, back in the 1980s, a group of girls from Notre Dame High School...
1: Yeah, it's um, a buildup of fluid
0: in the cavities of the brain. Okay. That makes okay. sense. So Come now I'm breaking down big words. Right? Look at you, Dr. Oz. Without <laughs> <laughs> the paid promotions. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about the Blue Granada. So according to legend, back in the 1980s, a group of girls from Notre Dame High School in Fairfield decided to drive around after a Friday night football game. They piled into a Blue Granada and ended up on Velvet Street in Trumbull, where they looked for the melon heads. The girls parked the car, leaving the headlights on, and ventured into the woods. Mm. After they'd walked a couple hundred feet, they heard the car door slam. Then the engine started, and the car headed toward them. They could see figures inside. The size of children, they had large heads, rags for clothes, and an orange glow in their eyes. Some say the melon heads still drive around in that blue granada to this day. Ooh. Other less detailed stories describe mysterious figures in the woods. Workers who paved Sawmill Road City in Shelton, for example, claimed they heard voices in the woods. True experts checking the woods for fungal infestation thought they saw strange figures lurking in the underbrush. A reader named George Simpson writes that the famous Nike missile... Is it Nike or Nike? Or Nike, Nike. Missiles? I'm reading it as Nike, I'm reading but it as maybe Nike. that's
1: just because I've been brainwashed you know, to yeah. think
0: nike yeah exactly. so we'll say nike nike missile site in the shelton monroe area was alleged to be haunted to the melon meek maybe it's meek neek? the, the legend of the melon heads isn't the only one to involve deformed or mutated humans connecticut also has the Dan- danbury fog people and the faceless people of monroe
1: i need to take a picture of this because there's this lady my dad hates who's from connecticut and it's hilarious
0: love that for her Um, Okay, so if you want to look into these accounts yourself, I'm going to tell you guys a list of Melonhead roads uh, in southwestern Connecticut. So there's Edmonds Road in Oxford, Velvet Street in Trumbull and Monroe, Zion Hill Road in Milford, the roads around Lake Mohican in Fairfield, Marginal Road in New Haven, again, Jeremy Swamp Road in Southbury, and path roads in and around Roosevelt Forest in Stratford. So I want to get some accounts... Of things that have actually gone on specifically at Jeremy Swamp Road, um, so I found an article created November twelfth. I found an account. Oh my god, I can't today. Oh, okay. I believe in you. I gotta restart this. Okay. So I wanted to find people's personal accounts on Jeremy Swamp Road, and I found this article written in November tenth, twenty twenty, by. It's on the website Elementally speakingblog.wordpress.com. And this talks about their experience of the phantom on Jeremy Swamp Road in Southbury, Connecticut. So I'm going to read it straight from the blog. Every year around Halloween, I visit my brother Russ in Southbury, Connecticut. Being from California, I love seeing the fall colors, not to mention their celebrations of the old ways, like bonfires, apple picking, and of course, the areas of many ghosts. I absolutely, that's my favorite part of fall. I love thinking about. The I love bonfires, bonfires, the apple picking, the pumpkin picking, the cute I, outfits. Yes! Oh my gosh, that,
1: that's that's what I love about it. Is I think spring is my favorite season, like to be around.
0: But like I enjoy fall the most because there's the most to do. You yes. Know? Yes. Like a lot of outdoor activities. It's exactly. Not too hot. It's not too cold. Yet. Yeah. It's just you can still layer up and not be. For the most part, sweltering. Exactly. Um, So coincidentally, this year, just before I left, I came across an article about the most haunted roads in the U.S., the first on the list being Jeremy Swamp Road. To my surprise, this infamous highway was in Southbury, just a short drive from my brother's place. This road is famous because over the years, several people have disappeared there, never to be seen again. From people whose cars had broken down to those who had gone hiking, even an entire scout troop had supposedly vanished without a trace. Um. The article went on to mention numerous sightings of strange melon-headed people.
1: <laughs> I love that melon
0: So, were these legends, or was there some truth in what occurred on this road? Needless to say, I told my brother that we had to pay Jeremy Swamp Road a visit. If we were lucky, maybe I'd be able to connect with whatever was out there, and we'd finally find out the truth about what really happened on this now infamous road. Let me first say that we've all seen those shows where people go ghost hunting and see flashes of lights and hear weird sounds in so-called haunted houses. Never. No. Can't relate. No, <laughs> I, I couldn't think of one show or one host of a show. At all. <laughs> but that's fine. And I definitely believe them. But after my experience on Jeremy Swamp Road, I think this tops them all. Not only did I meet a spirit that told me that it was not, only, it was not the one responsible for the disappearances, mm-hmm. but it actually let me capture its image on my phone's camera. Oh you God, will am I gonna be scared? We'll see. So uh, I'm oh, not looking. I'm gonna look away
1: while you.
0: Talk. Over the years, I've channeled many things. I've also recorded orbs, which isn't unusual since most of you reading this have done this yourselves. <laughs> for those that haven't, <laughs> know your audience literally no on brand. But for those that haven't, there are moving lights captured on film at night that are said to be spirits. And as you will see, there were also moving orbs there that night. After what the phantom said about why it was there, everything seemed to make sense since it had to do with something I had channeled once before. Um, They continue by saying, and no, I did not dock to this photo. In fact, my phone's camera was on live, which means that the picture was actually taking records a second or two of movement as it takes the picture. So I could actually see the entity appear. The sound it made added to the total effect. And in case you're wondering, there was no moon that night, so it was pitch dark. Therefore, there was no light to interfere with the image, mm-hmm. so I guess that is, right there, the being that they saw once they. I took could the kind of see it.
1: Um, did we talk last week though about how sometimes our brains, like I think they talked about it on Ghost Hunters, where it's like your brain to make sense of things will sometimes make faces out of things. Yeah, so like you see something, you think that looks like. You know, so-and-so, or Mm -hmm. why does this lamp look like a dog, or whatever, and it's because your brain is trying Trying to to come
0: up with an answer. Yeah, there's a word for it. Well, this person continues by writing, at this point, you're probably saying to yourself that she's nuts, that this can't possibly be a real photo of a phantom spirit. Maybe you're telling yourself that there's nothing there, and that you don't really see a face. (laughs) But believe me that this being is there, and his eyes are the ones I saw in the darkness and talked with before I took the photo. I only hope that This site allows you to see the being appear like I did. I have included both the original and the lightened photo. You can see the face of the being in both, but it becomes clear when the photo is lightened. You can even make out its body. So where's the body then? So I'm thinking this is like, like this is the face right here. Yeah. And then like that is like the body. But we're going to post this on our Instagram. Um, You can follow us on Instagram at JustGoolyThingsPodcast and let us know what you think. So, since I've now told you and shown you what I saw, I've decided to try and reconnect with that entity, spirit, or phantom, the choice is yours, again, to see if it has anything else that it might like to tell me. So, here it goes. So, this is supposedly a brief conversation that this woman had with the spirit on Jeremy Swamp Road. Mm-hmm. Her name's Sherry, by the way. When I met you and I looked into your eyes, I knew I had nothing to fear. I asked you then if you had anything to do with the disappearances that had taken place on this road over the years. You answered by saying no, they were taken you then told me then that this was a crossroad do these crossroads have anything to do with the roads souls travel on once they pass does it pertain to what I channeled before the phantom had then replied you see me now as you saw me then I am merely a messenger a sender of souls on their way nothing more so Sherry Char- so Shari continued so Jeremy's swamp road is a crossroads in the sense that it is a road of light on which souls travel from one place to another oh.
1: and the phantom
0: replies that is right nothing more A brief respite on a journey of light. All must travel this path, and some do so here in this time and in this place. I am but a messenger, nothing more. There are others that do more. I only give them what is needed to move along. Did you wish to travel this road? Mm. And Sherry goes, not this time, thank you. I actually came that night looking for answers about those that disappeared on this road over the years. Did you have anything to do with that? The phantom replies, they were taken, not by the spirits of light, but by those that live in a different world. That was long ago, but still happens when the moon is full. Beware. My world, my time, my abilities are non-relative to your world. My duty is to be of use to those that enter this ream. I'm assuming that meant realm, Mm -hmm. and pass along to future future incarnations. They must journey always ahead, and I send them where they must go to achieve that purpose. I do nothing to encourage those that seek the other entities only to keep the light shining so that there are no outward occurrences that may cause harm or do injustice to those that travel. Do you understand? Shari replies, yes. Has anyone tried to interfere with these paths of light? The phantom replies, they cannot. They, the paths of light, will never cease as long as there are souls that must travel. I am here to bring this message to them. Sherry replies, Why did you appear to me that night? The phantom says, because you called and were not afraid. Mm -hmm. Because you understood the purpose of this place. You were not afraid and so useful to our plight. Sherry, is there anything else you can tell me about what happened to those that disappeared on this road? Phantom, that is not my quest nor my duty. And so I will release you to that project with a word of advice. Do not travel here unless you wish to become part of the taken. For all... susceptible to things that they can never see but are there this road welcomes sanctuary to those that travel the light it does not for others that do not so be aware shari thank you so much for your truths i honor you for the task you do and i hope that when i do travel that road of light that we will meet again one day phantom so be it so in conclusion there are many things out there that we don't understand some of them are scary, while some, as you've just read, are not. The entity I encountered on Jeremy Swamp Road has a very important purpose, and it isn't, as most would suspect, to scare the be- Jesus out of ghost hunters. <laughs> <laughs> In all my time connecting with different entities, I've never captured an image on camera like I did that night. That's not to say that I haven't seen some strange beings, just that they've never presented themselves as clearly as the phantom on Jeremy Swamp Road did. Although I never found out what really happened to those that went missing, I did learn that the same road everyone finds so scary is also a welcoming pathway of light. And the ghostly phantom that others may have seen is actually a guide on one's journey ahead. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take that journey, or as our friend said, quote, be taken, end quote, then I suggest staying off Jeremy's Jeremy <laughs> walk when the moon is full. Oh, shit. Luckily for Russ and I, there was no moon that night. Then again, was it luck? And that is concluded by Cherry. Wow. Yeah. So she also has, so she she had written an article about this specific, that first encounter in her, um, in her previous posts called Lay Lay Line Questions. And it was posted October 17th, 2017. Um, So I'm going to link that for you guys in our private Facebook group. You guys can check it out at just Cooly Things podcast, and she talks about spirit guides and some other experiences that she uh, has went through on oh, her that's spiritual a journey. Picture up there, the little wow, that is really yeah. beautiful, actually. But yeah, so um, I'll have you guys check that out. Let us know what you think of the story about her experiences. If you've had any experiences yourselves on Jeremy Swamp Road, but what do you take from that story of her meeting the Phantom and the Phantom not being as evil as? people may think it may be okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) let's hear it that totally threw me for a loop because i was like dead set that it was going to be like spooky kooky ooky hide your kids hide your wife they're going to disappear type shit yeah and then it was just like listen like shaggy it wasn't me (laughs) you know (laughs) what about the boy scouts wasn't me what about the hitchhikers it wasn't Wasn't me me. (laughs) I'm sorry. These are actual people who allegedly went missing. So, but it kind of like I don't know. It was very well written too, like very well beautifully said and everything.
0: So, I'm a little torn now. I'm. It's like beautifully. It has like a beautifully dark undertone to it. Exactly. In the like, sense that these people did go missing, but it wasn't by the phantom, but it was of something dark. And it almost like this, you know. If this is truly, like, a
1: word-for-word, like, transcription, if that's even a word, of the dialogue, like, there's almost, like, a sense of, like, solace in how the Phantom spoke, you know? Like, kind of like a, like, some sorrow in it, you know? Didn't it sound kind of, like, well, it wasn't me, and I'm just a messenger. I can't, I am merely the messenger. Mm -hmm. I only show them where to go. And it seemed almost like maybe this person is stuck. And, or the phantom, rather. You know, not a person. It's yeah. a phantom. But maybe, like, this phantom is stuck there helping everyone else go places, but it can't leave.
0: And it can't control what happens to these people because it's only there for a specific job and can't go exactly. outside of that. It can't help people. And, you know, the phantom themselves, like, the phantom can't leave either. Mm-hmm. So it's
1: like this must... Like, this existence must be just excruciating because imagine if someone went missing, wouldn't there be a whole search party there? And if this is where the phantom is, they have to watch people search for
0: people who they know are never coming back. Yeah. Like, that must, you know. Where did these people go, though? Who took them? It seems like there's that that ambiguous, uh, like, response of, okay, Yeah. yeah, like, you know who took them, but, like, it seems like it's not something where he can point out and be like, that's... I Joe Schmo. keep, yeah,
1: no. I keep pressing the Phantom, though, where it was like, yeah, that's not my, that's not my, uh, not my job to tell you who's been taken. I'm gonna be like, um, oh, yes,
0: it is. You cannot plead the fifth in this. You one, can't Mr. start. Phantom. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, Phantom, Phantom Man. You know, you can't go back now. You've already. St- I've started recording. <laughs> who the fuck took the Boy
0: Scouts? You know that kind of thing. So when he says that there are beings that have taken these these the darker things that come out during the full moon mm-hmm. could it be the melon heads that he's referring to i i mean i can imagine could i the can imagine ima- not ima- be human i would fear the melon heads wrath.
1: yeah right a whole gang of tiny people with big ass heads they could club you to death with We're, i wouldn't rat them out yeah
0: no, how <laughs> though how, those are literally a different breed yeah literally a, different a whole breed. other animal but uh, yeah, so wow. that is my research on the Jeremy Small program. That's a good one. A good one. Okay. Well, the one you have coming up next, I think a lot of people will be interested in, so take it yes. away. Yes.
1: So we might have, like, mentioned this a little bit in another episode. I'm not sure. So what I'm talking about is um, Highway Route 666, also known as the Devil's Highway in New Mexico. Historic Route 66 has always been a landmark across the state of New Mexico, but did you know there was a sister road called Route 666? And this article is from the RooseveltReview.com. It became a highway in 1926 and acquired its controversial number from being the sixth spur connected to Route 66. Mm. Yeah, so the highway runs from Gallup, north through Navajo Nation and Shiprock, and across the Colorado border. In fact, it begins in Monticello, Utah, and ends in Gallup, New Mexico. Until 1992, the road even serviced all four of the states that make up the Four Corners area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those who named the road were unaware of the negative connotation <laughs> the number would give this road because the satanic significance of the road's name and the number of fatalities the, this road has seen mm. led to its nickname, quote, the Devil's Highway and the Highway to Hell.
0: You had a whole team coming up that no one, no one, no one said one anything. it.
1: You know what, it was like, what, the 20s? They probably were like, oh shit, they'll think I'm a satanic worshiper if I'm the slightest bit cultured and bring up Satan.
0: That is true, but come on now. Come on now.
1: That's true. Um, So the road is particularly treacherous to navigate in New Mexico. In just a 60-mile stretch of the highway, there are approximately 400 sharp curves. Wow. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: 400? 400
1: sharp curves. In fact, in 1997, the Route 666 was determined to be one of the most hazardous roads in the nation. The phenomena reported to occur on this stretch of American Highway became a common legend shared. So many stories were shared over the years uh, that the highway was even dubbed to be cursed. The One unnamed highway patrol officer was quoted in USA Today as stating a drunk driving suspect told him, quote, triple six is evil. Everyone dies on that highway. <laughs> Skeptics have argued that the Utah and Colorado portions of the highway have even have never been listed as particularly deadly but the New Mexico stretch has been proven to be dangerous for travelers mm. they further argue that the high fatality rate in New Mexico can be explained by an inadequate design for the traffic loads at the time okay. so and i was talking to my brother about this a while back about like city planning and how a lot of people when they plan cities don't plan for development mm-hmm. so like you, all of new
0: jersey yeah right
1: so like okay for example bloomfield avenue yeah Right? If there's a bus on Bloomfield Avenue, you are fucked. Thousand percent. Right? Because they it's a two-lane... Yeah, it's a two-lane street. And if there's cars parked on the side, the bus stops in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. No one can get out. You know, it's terrible. And he was and he was like, that's poor city planning. Like, they, they put these buildings close to the curb, gave barely any sidewalk space, put parking spaces, and that was it. Yeah. And now you can't move the buildings back because mm-hmm. the town's just, like, completely full. Yeah. Whatever town it's in, right? So, these people, when they planned the city, they planned it for then and a couple years later, but not for the future. They didn't leave any room to grow, I yeah. guess. And it seems like this is a victim of that same type of mindset, you know Definitely. what I
0: mean?
1: So, stories circulate all over the internet of supposed phenomena that has occurred on the famed road. Some say they've seen a black sedan charging at their vehicles, then disappearing. Others have claimed to have been chased by a, quote, vicious pack of wild dogs. And because many have experienced car trouble, including overheating and flat tires, the problems have been blamed on the road's name. The fatality rate, coupled with the persistent sign theft, (laughs) led former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson to rename the road in 2003. So... I would just like to say, good for you, Bill, because it's about time. And, like, what did you think was going to happen when you put up signs that say 666? Yeah. Do you remember when Cal- um not Cal- uh, Colorado legalized marijuana and the exit 420 signs were being taken oh and highway my 420? God, yes. Same reason. Yeah. Right? They got rid of the exit, I think. It was, like, 419 and a half and 421. Like, that's how they did it.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> So his proposal was voted through legislation quickly, and as a result, Route 666 became Highway 491. Reasons given for the name change reference the negative impact on people living in the area, concerns that the choice of name affected their local economy, and the fears of travelers using the road. Arizona had already found the road's name to be too much of a liability and changed their portion of the highway in 1995 and is now part of U.S. 191, so Arizona's just way ahead of the game. Whether the highway is haunted or not, we'll leave to those who travel it. There is fact to prove that fatality rates have drastically diminished on the lone stretch of New Mexico Highway, however, which leads to speculation that maybe, just maybe, the road's name was cursing the blacktop traveling from Gallup to Monticello.
0: I mean, that's a a pretty good theory. Yeah, right? Really coincidental.
1: (laughs) I mean, it makes enough sense. So... I actually did this, I did this research on my lunch break today, and I was kind of thinking about, do I want to find, like, multiple stories, and when I just kind of searched Route 666, Reddit, all I got was, like, I think it was Supernatural, did an episode okay, called, yeah. Route 6- so I was, like, Route 666, you know, like, experiences, and it was, like, how did you feel watching this episode? So, This was found, so I found, anyways, a couple of stories, and one person just kind of posted, like, a paragraph about just feeling uneasy whenever he was on it. Like, he was local, and he, but he, you know, he stated, like, I'm not sure if it's just, like, I get freaked out. Yeah. And then there was another one that said he, it was very brief, but he said he was driving on it alone one night, and he looked up at the stars and saw, like, the stars shift, Hmm. which is very spooky kooky-ooky, so, of course, my dumb ass Googled, um, like Highway 666 Stars. And then, of course, I just got the cast of Supernatural, That's so nice. there was no further research on that. However, I did find this one pretty lengthy encounter, but Ooh. it seemed really good. Um, and this is two years old by President Liege L-E-E-J. So this is called The True New Mexico Desert Nightmare, Route 666. Please read. I'd love to hear back if anyone else experienced this. So, it starts out with the author saying, you know, this is a thousand percent a true story. I haven't even told anyone. Um, When was this written? um, Two years ago. Oh, So, my girlfriend, I, you know, um, the author told their girlfriend's dad. He was the first person um, that they had seen following the encounter. But, of course, he didn't believe them. Um, It says, I apologize for a a few incorrect measurements regarding distance. My phone was in no service. (laughs) I was terrified. My anxiety was kicking in. It's hard to remember how long I was driving in distance, but it was at least two hours. So now on with the story. Um, I'm going to use our real names just because I don't feel like remembering artificial names while trying to remember a story I've tried so hard to forget. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'll give it to you raw and unedited. My name is Jimmy. I'm a 24-year-old male from Wisconsin. My girlfriend's name is Cassandra and she too is a 24-year-old. She's a female from Wisconsin. At the time we were both 23. This ha- happened in late August of 2017. At the time I had a 2009 Mitsubishi Eclipse GT that m- and this may be a factor in the good outcome from that night later on. After a rough summer in my hometown and endless problems, it seemed, I had had enough. I was ready to pack up and go in an instant. And that's pretty much what I did. My girlfriend's father owns a 15 acre ranch out in Arizona. Oh, that sounds like. Have you ever been to Arizona? I have
0: not. I want to You have to go.
1: Arizona at like. dusk? Like, if you're in, like, the real, like, desert, Uh it's beautiful. It's, like, the sky is, like, literally golden. Wow. It's not blue. It's not, like, that darkish, bluish pink. It's, it's like, gold. When I was there, it was like that every night. Unless it was, like, raining. Yeah. But almost every night. The mornings are beautiful. The air just, like, smells different. I don't know if it's because there's less pollution where I was in the middle of the desert.
0: were Were you actually, like, in...
1: I was like, in the desert. Okay. Desert,
0: like there was nothing else really around. No. Wow.
1: Nothing. There was there was a horse stable, um. And that that Did you was like ride a, the
0: horses. Did you ever play play with the horses? We I mean, weren't allowed to
1: ride the horses, but we were allowed to like groom them. Okay. You know, like pet them, brush them? them, feed them. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, they were nice. I liked the miniature horses more because it was less intimidating.
0: Moonies are so cute yeah
1: <laughs> there was oh i saw a turtle
0: yeah there was like walking a walking
1: around there was like a resident turtle and everyone i think i think his name was sheldon
0: love yeah
1: it. and um if you scratched his back he'd dance and what what did he had the snack that he liked oh strawberries he likes strawberries? Sheldon, the turtle, ate strawberries. Love that. And yeah, he was great, but like he was hard to find. But I mean it was him. I don't know how the hell this turtle was living in the desert, but he was. Maybe it was a mirage. I don't know. But <laughs> it was beautiful. You could see um mount a mountain range, and they were literally, you know how they say like four purple mountain majesty mm-hmm. in the sky like in the distance, like they're purple.
0: Wow.
1: They're oh god, I saw javelinas. Have you ever seen a javelina? No. Okay, so I thought they would be, like, really scary big cats, but yeah. they're actually just, like, wild boar. They're like pigs. Really? But they make this terrifying sound. Yeah, look up a javelina.
0: You, like, I'm assuming I'm assuming this wasn't the resident javelina. No, there were
1: no resident javelinas, but there were some scary javelinas. So, yeah, they're like hogs.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: yeah, the that's The little a, ones are cute. They're like furry pigs, yeah. They're scary at night. though. kind
0: look like hedgehogs, too. With the little it looks spikes. like a hedgehog. I mean,
1: it also, like, that Havelina so looks like my dog. Walk,
0: this would just be walking around as if this is, like, an like, like Arizona squirrel? At night. <laughs> Arizona squirrels! That's actually fucking hard. So right? at night,
1: yeah, the javelinas would just, like, run around. And you would just, like, hear them.
0: Why did the javelina cross the road?
1: <laughs> That's funny if you can see that Rebecca's looking at a picture of a Havelina crossing the road. That is so weird. Yeah.
0: I literally thought those were little cats. No, I
1: remember I was walking around, and I just, like, it was me and my friend, and we were walking, and we just, like, saw these things run, run like, run in front of us. We were like, what the fuck was that? And a floodlight went on, and it was just, like, a javelina, and it made this terrifying noise. So, this is the middle of the Sonoran Desert, Sanoran, Sonoran Desert, and it's about 45 minutes southwest of Tucson, um, which is where I was. Oh, okay. So... The ranch is in Three Points, Arizona, pretty much forty-five minutes north of the Mexico border. My girlfriend's father, Rick, and I are very much alike. We both enjoy extreme extreme sports, fast cars, and gorgeous women.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> he
1: had to throw that in there. That's his backdoor brag about his girlfriend being yeah. hot. Gotta get me a boyfriend like that. Gotta get me a boyfriend. Period.
0: Sorry, <laughs> I <laughs> small here.
1: Yeah, right. Aim low, You can't get let down. Um. <laughs> Okay, um, we are two buds kicking the shit on a weekend. I don't know what that means. So the idea of living there with him in full seclusion, surrounded by desert and my favorite terrain of all time, mountains, seemed like heaven compared to this shit city I call home. I kicked the idea out to my girlfriend the same day. I said, fuck this shit. And she agreed it was time for a change of scenery. I packed all of our valuable shit. This guy loves the word shit and I'm here for it. Um stuffed it all in my tiny Mitsubishi and hit the road at 3 a.m. the next night.
0: Wow. I want to I It's love like that, that
1: TikTok sound that's like don't don't be surprised if
0: one day I just na, 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 na. That one. I haven't seen that TikTok. You, you've time.
1: never seen the one where they go don't be surprised if one day I just and then it's like pictures of like someone's like like a vision oh, board or some shit. Oh, okay. And it goes like...
0: You got me at the second part.
1: The- you know what you're talking about. You just don't know you know what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't actually have TikTok, but I have Instagram, and that's like TikTok for old people yeah. now. So, um, hmm, hmm. Okay. Mind you, I didn't even get paid from my job yet, but I said, fuck that. I can't be here any longer. I hit the road with about... 300 bucks, my girlfriend, a car packed to the brim, and the faith, I'll make it safely without trouble. Lucky, being a car guy, that's run into problems before. Prepared, I would say, appropriately, and... Oh, prepared, I would say. I brought some tire pluggers just for the hell of it. Little did I know I would need them later on. The trip is going smoothly, and we were about 17 hours in.
0: Oh, my gosh. God.
1: I've already filled up three times, only three times, and that 300 turns to 200 on top of food stops as well. 13 more hours to go. I can't necessarily say what happened, but I was halfway through Texas, running low on money. After such a long ride, driving straight through music was, after driving straight through music was what seemed like it was just messing with my head, as opposed to helping me, you know, stay aware or awake. So I turned it off. Fifteen minutes later, my tire makes a weird hiss, and me and my steering wheel start resisting a bit. Luckily, there was an exit coming up five, in five hundred feet. I get off, observe my tire, and lo, and Lord behold, and that was lo and behold, but it's Lord behold,
0: Lord behold. Lord
1: behold. That's my southern accent. What do you think? You like it? Um, Should I keep working on it? Room I, for improvement?
0: I, I like the enthusiasm. It's the enthusiasm for me. Okay.
1: Good. <laughs> I'll, 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 duly noted. Um, so, lord behold, a fucking industrial nail plug was right in the tire near the edge. I got it out and plugged the tire and put air in. Temporary success. I continue my journey, letting my girlfriend drive to try and close my eyes for a couple hours. Mind you, we've been driving for about 21 hours at this point, and I mean, I'm exhausted. We fill up again and continue. I close my eyes and wake up an hour and a half later to still be in Texas. I'm thinking, fuck, is this trip ever going to end? (laughs) Getting kind of frustrated, feeling like my girl probably wastes 60 extra miles driving like a granny. I asked her to pull over and let me finish. I fill the tire up and top off the gas and go. About two more hours pass and New Mexico border is up in the next 30 miles. After being surrounded in total darkness for hours, we make it to a giant gas station. Literally, that's the name of it. I love it. (laughs) And we pull in. I have half a tank of gas, 15 bucks, and I'm tired as fuck. That's me like every day though. (laughs) We had eight more hours ahead of us, and we really felt we weren't going to make it, so we decided to call her father. No answer. Another call, no answer. Three more calls, still no answer. So we text him and continue on our way. Before we departed the gas station on the border, we checked out our maps to get a good idea how much longer we had to finish the trip. There were two routes. A longer route that takes about an extra hour, cutting through smaller New Mexico cities, including Albuquerque, with just a small patch of desert to drive through. I noticed the detoured route was an hour shorter in time and a straight shot through the desert. My Apple Maps wouldn't load the route properly or let me use it for directions, so I restarted my phone. Still nothing. I had to download Google Maps just so I could use this route. Mind you, the way we chose to take, there were no city lights, no high population, just small stop-and-supply towns a hun- with... A hundred cars around, but not a soul to be found. Okay, so this is terrifying is what I'm hearing, like the start to a horror
0: film. A thousand percent. (laughs) Everything will go wrong.
1: Right? (laughs) The first hour was okay, besides it being pitch black, traveling on a two-lane desert highway with only 20 feet on the road in front of you being visible. Nothing else. Not even my taillights could make anything out behind me. As I'm driving, headlights appear in the distance, and I'm thinking to myself, finally, another driver. I won't be on this road alone anymore. After five minutes, the truck finally catches up and is behind me about two car lengths. Remember, I'm driving a small Mitsubishi Mitsubishi Eclipse full of a bunch of my belongings, and with my tire having issues, it was not putting a bunch of weight on it. Um, Or it was putting a bunch of weight on it. That makes more sense making it uncomfortable to drive going a high speed. So I'm going about 60 miles per hour, and I can tell this truck wanted off this road as much as I did because they started passing on the other side of the road, going about 90 miles per hour, Mm. flying past me. I'm big on cars, and um, I'm our shop's driver for our race team in South Arizona, so I know cars. And when it comes to speed, I'm usually spot on with it. I'm thinking in my head, Fuck, I'm jealous. I just want to ditch all this stuff in my car and floor it with this guy. <laughs> Genius move from the young man. 20 minutes later, I am proceeding on my route, and I see a huge semi coming up behind me. They never fully catch up, just close in the distance. I would say five, 600 feet. I looked in my rear view. Still, there's nothing significant. I glue my eyes back to the road for another three minutes and check out my rear view again. Wait, he's gone? How? What? How? I didn't see any roads to turn down. It's just been the desert and one road. I say out loud to myself. (laughs) Mind you, since we left the gas station on the border, my girlfriend's been sleeping like a newborn. I look over and tell her what I just saw or didn't see. And I think, no, I'm going to let her sleep. I'll tell her later. As soon as I'm making my eyes back on the road, my phone internet data completely wiped on me. I couldn't make a phone call nor send a message. Luckily, Google Maps was still loaded, so I continued to follow the same route when all of a sudden, a bright fucking light came up behind me in a distance probably a mile away. Ground level, this light was so bright, but it seemed so directed. It didn't illuminate anything around us. It was just pointed at my car, like headlights. I remember saying, oh, you fucking asshole, <laughs> out flipping my rearview mirror to reflect the lights. I assumed, I assumed they had their brights on until I looked in my side view and realized how far the light actually was from me. I also said out loud, fuck, those are some bright lights. I need those. Kind of joking to myself out loud even though it was one diamond-shaped light. Hmm.
0: hmm. One light.
1: One light diamond-shaped. Interesting. I figure it just looks like that because it's far, and they're probably missing a headlight, yeah. so I didn't think much of it, which I appreciate about this story. It's like he's constantly, like, saying, okay, well, this happened because, you know what he's I mean? He's trying to keep as logical as he
0: possibly can. It's not like
1: There was a rock in the road! It was a troll. <laughs> so, <laughs> I drive for 30 more seconds and I look in my side view again and the lights closer and gaining on me extremely fast. Too fast. Nobody was interested in driving over 100 miles an hour in a pitch black desert with one headlight. I look down again. I look in the mirror. Okay. I get anxiety and I wake my girlfriend up. I tell her what I've been seeing and asked her to check it out and make sure my eyes are f- aren't fucking with me from being so exhausted. I like this again—a sense of clarity. She saw it too, and I don't know what it was when she looked at it, but after all, I just told her. She, after all, I just told her. She looked, and the only thing she said when she turned back around from looking was "drive." faster. Oh no. I floored it with all my weight on the car and my low pressured tire. I gunned it and got to about a hundred when I realized how unsafe the situation was. And then I receded to about 75 miles per hour just trying to keep my distance from this light. Then it was gone. We have about 29 miles left till, till we get on another desert highway going the direction we were headed and Despite all my potential problems, that strange light is still all I could think about. But 11 miles to go, the light comes back. And out loud, I look at my girlfriend and smile and say, look, our friend's back, in a joking way with a smirk on my face. This time, though, it made me feel weird. I didn't really think too much of it, just how weird it was. This time, the light was closer, and I sped up again. It follows us about six more miles and then goes again. We finally switch routes and stop in this old, rundown town about 30 miles west of Roswell, New Mexico. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I see the signs stating this, and in my head I say, you gotta be fucking kidding me, as my girlfriend and I are big on the paranormal and take a huge interest in it. Being a believer for the most part, I joked to my girlfriend about it and stated, quote, I knew it was an alien. And we both laughed. This town was so fucking creepy. No gas stations, no lights, just cars on top of cars and no people. There was this old rundown motel that looked to be abandoned, but the only light around came from that light over the door of the motel. <laughs> okay, that was weird that. Also, let me state I found out leaving this town that we were on this historic Route 666. Mm. Now, known as Route something old, but. You'd never know if you didn't care to look into it. Mind you, my phone is still out of service. I park and get out to try for a phone after ringing the bell and knocking for about five minutes. I get back to the car and tell my girlfriend, no luck and we're just going to have to continue on. Another 68 miles to go till we make another turn.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: God, this is raising the roof on my anxiety. I'm going to start saying
0: that. Raising the roof.
1: Yeah, if work ever gets super busy. I'll be like, guys, eight people just came in. It's raising the roof on my anxiety. I'm
0: not even in this car and I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> yeah, right. Realizing how long this trip is. <laughs> it's hard. I forget that, like, not everywhere is like New Jersey where, like, the top and the bottom of the state is like three, three hours.
1: Yeah, I forget that too. Like, f- flying, when I was in California, there was a flight to San Francisco. Because yeah. I was flying out of LAX. I was like, well, why are they flying? Well, like, why don't you just drive? And then I, was, and then I realized eight it's eight like hours. Eight hours. <laughs> I don't know how I feel at this point. I just remember saying I want this to be over. Low enough for my girlfriend to not make out what I said, but she heard me mumble something. I said, oh, nothing, and just continued driving. (laughs) When we pulled out of the motel, we drove past a parked semi off the road right next to the motel. As soon as we took off, this truck started right up and got on right behind us. Mm. I say, that's weird. Why did he decide to leave when we left? And my girlfriend says... I don't want to find out. Drive faster. (laughs) So he follows us for about 15 miles, and we come up to a four-way cross intersection. I stop, and I'm like, all right, what's he going to do? I pull over to the side of the road, and he goes past about his business. Instant relief, I felt. I'm not going to lie. That was short-lived, though, because immediately getting back on the road, I noticed the light once again came back. Oh,
0: my god. And we're
1: on a different highway stretch now. How? Why? As I'm telling my girlfriend, it's back again. I kid you the, I kid you the fuck not. This thing started elevating from ground level to just over our car, where we could still see it trailing us in the mirror. By this time, it was trailing us from an aerial position. What? I fucking freaked. Right now, I'm picturing like when you when you're on Sims. Yes. <laughs> I realized my, um, I realized my fear, and I fucking floored it. It was that feeling when you know some shit's about to happen any second, but you're still trying to get ahead while you can. Um, For those who play PUBG, do you remember PUBG? I
0: never played that.
1: I never played it either. I just remember hearing about it. Um, Or Fortnite, you know, when you're outside the battle circle and the storm, whatever. Uh Yeah, Yeah, I know
0: know the Fortnite reference. Okay,
1: so that's exactly how it felt, and I just knew something was about to happen to us that night. I was creeping up on a quarter tank of gas with a bum tire I'm <laughs> um, just and just about 10 extra hours of constant driving on. I was m- mad, upset, scared, and determined all simultaneously. And I'm going to be completely honest. I sat here for 30 minutes trying to remember what happened after that, but I honestly can't. Ooh. I really, really can't. And it's giving me a really sick and nauseous feeling. I tried to remember the whole trip to a T until that happened. And I remember being sad, highly irritable, and anxious as fuck for the next week. From that night, I just remember making it to a small gas station after that 69-mile stretch I just (laughs) did. I talked to a local weird-looking guy, definitely somebody I'm not used to seeing, rough, gritty-looking guy, brownish-redhead, and wore some extremely thick opticals. I told him about our trip and what we saw in the desert and that I don't really remember what happened after I saw it again. He chuckled and said, You made it out, guys. They didn't keep you for long. I looked at my girlfriend and we made awkward, nervous chuckles. Uh... You can tell we just did it to not be rude by laughing at what seemed like a dark humor joke. I asked, How much more desert do we have to drive through? He says, About 45 minutes before we run to our first big city south of Albuquerque. I'm like, Fuck that, 45 minutes seemed a lot better than another two hours. So I threw in my 15 bucks and got back on the road. At this point, we knew we weren't going to make it back to Arizona with the amount of gas we had. A blink of an eye after we left that desert gas station in the middle of nowhere, my phone service cut back on to my relief and, surprised, I instantly grabbed it and told my girlfriend, call your dad. She had just lost her phone days before we departed from Wisconsin, so we only had my phone. Her dad picked up and decided to meet us in Las Cruces, Las Cruces, New Mexico, and and we're heavy recreational smokers. On top of work and sports, that's what we do to relax. All our family knows it. So her dad got us some medical grade ganja for us when he met us in, My <laughs> in New Mexico. He's only dating her for her dad, I think. The dad's the plug. Right? (laughs) Telling him about our experience, he laughed about it and said, you sure you guys didn't smoke before that happened? We laughed and said, hell no, we didn't. But he didn't really take the whole thing seriously. Um, We were back on the road again, and a few hours from our destination, I started to really think, what the fuck happened? How did we lose a whole hour and a half of time? As much as I believe in the paranormal, I still am not convinced in the whole alien abduction thing, but that crossed my mind, and for the next week, I got all these unusual random emotions, and my girlfriend and I had weird marks on our chest, wrist, ankles, and neck. Both of us. It was definitely nerve-wracking, and smoking a little bit helped me uncover the little details following that. And nothing added up. I don't know what happened that night. And I know some of you guys might think that wasn't scary or I want to know what happened. But if this was a made-up writing, I would have made it much more intense and crazy. This is very true and I want answers as much as some some others might. If you guys, and I mean anybody, have traveled to that area or that stretch of freeway in the middle of the
0: night and have experienced anything similar, let me know. That is, that, first of all, those are all signs of an alien abduction. Right? Of some kind. The marks, the feel, the random emotions after the fact. The location. The location outside of Roswell, thank you very much. Yeah, it's the Roswell for me, for sure. <laughs> it's the Roswell for me. I mean, that is crazy that there's this light and then it goes aerial and then there's a part where it, there's an hour and a half that's just blacked out. Blacked out. I mean, I've all You know how you get, like, that... What do they
1: call it? Highway hypnosis where, like... The you- autopilot? Yeah. And, like, so sometimes, like, you p- drive up... You pull into work and you're like, wait, how the fuck did I get here? Especially in the dark. Everything kind of looks the same. Right? But, see, part of the reason that happens is because it's routine. You know what I mean? Like, you get used to it. Yeah. But this is, like, driving on a new road for the first time. Of course, you space out a little bit because it's dark and everything. But,
0: like, you would remember... Something. Yeah. And why is this giant bright light disappearing in the middle of fucking nowhere? An hour and a half is a pretty significant chunk of time to be in if if it was autopilot. That's, that's fucked up. Yeah. If that was the case. I don't think it is. There's something off the fact that they had weird markings, all of them. Yeah. I, uh, 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 it's the markings for
1: me. <laughs> that's me. That's my TikTok voice. What do you think? It's the markings for me. Again, it's the enthusiasm for thank me. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I when I first read this, I got kind of spooky kooky vibes, and I was thinking, like, what if you know, when this road opened, cars weren't so fast? What if some people couldn't get away in time? Like, that was my immediate thought. Hmm. Right? Was
0: aliens? I'm making the meme thing too. They Iliads. saw something that they weren't supposed to see, and that's mm-hmm. why they blocked out. Because exactly. They men and blocked them. Exactly.
1: See, like that's. In this situation, that's totally like a, a, you know,
0: quite what's it called, plausible case. And is that not the perfect location for that to happen either? Right. Like, think about it. Think about where it happened. Think on yeah. it.
1: My mom also watched a UFO documentary the other day, and she won't stop telling me to watch it. What is it called? I don't know. I don't know. I stopped listening after, like, the third time.
0: Why are you ignoring Amy? I don't have time to watch a UFO documentary. uh, Fuck what you want. This is for the boo things out there (laughs) that may have wanted to watch it, and now you've deprived them of that opportunity. Listen,
1: the only time I really have to do what I want is right before bed, and I'm a huge fucking, like, scaredy cat. So what do you like to watch before you go to bed? Oh, God, children's movies. Like, I'll watch, like, I won't watch, like, Pixar, but I'll do, like, Zootopia Okay. Or like a like a DreamWorks, you know, or a um or like a just regular Disney, like Zootopia, or like um Secret Life of Pets, right? Like, that type of shit. Like, I'll do that. Like, an animated, like, nonsense movie, because
0: there's nothing stressful about it. This is where we're yin and yang. I fall asleep very peacefully to hearing about true crime. (laughs) I love... That's how I
1: start my days off. Like, I start my day with, like, a forensic files. Okay. You know, or a documentary, or, like, a
0: YouTube, what, you know... It gets your brain started. Exactly. uh, That's
1: how I start my day. But, like, when I end my day, I'm already scared of the fucking dark. And I think about something I saw like at my grandma's house when I was nine, about some guy who strangled people. I'm like, "I'm not going back to that place. Click talking animals." Like I wake up in crumbs and sometimes I'm like, "What the fuck happened last night?" Like some people wake <laughs> up next to a stranger, I wake up next to just a plate of chips ahoy and I'm like, "Oh my God! <laughs> Where's the milk? Did I at least do it right? <laughs> was I safe?") <laughs> Safe, did I wrap them in milk?
0: <laughs> I'm tired. <dead. laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, um, I think we've sufficiently lost tonight. our minds <laughs> and we've lost all our viewers. So, thank you guys so much for listening, Boo Things. Uh, you ready to shout out our socials? Bar and ready. All right, you can follow us on that Instagram Life at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just Googly Things Podcast.
0: Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and.
1: At Lily Baldessari.
0: Twitter.
1: JGT Podcast.
0: Facebook like page. Just
1: Cooly Things Podcast.
0: That Facebook private group.
1: Where all of our links to our sources will be. Just Schoolie Things Podcast group.
0: Donate to that Patreon. Just Cooly Things Podcast! You can buy that merch at t <laughs> <laughs>
1: T search Just Coolie Things podcast, or RebeccaRuber.com slash shop, where you can find things for Just Gooley Things and her other podcast, Inside the Ring.
0: And if you, or someone you know, has a spooky, kooky, kooky story that they'd like to share on this beautiful podcast, <laughs> feel free. zoomed into the
1: Booty.
0: You can email us those stories at. JustGoolyThinksPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dealing with us, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye! Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition. Accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess, Amira Ali, Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connects Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sydney will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot, now for the price of $9.99, paperback, and $0.99 on Kindle. Available on Amazon now.